Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Red, White, and Blue Jays. And it's a very warm welcome to a good friend of mine, Elizabeth. Welcome to the UK, as it were. How you doing? How you doing this morning? Your time? I'm doing very well. I kind of wish I was there. Maybe you guys have better weather than we do today. I know it's snowing out there right now, but uh... yeah, pretty pretty cold. Yeah, it's not not really warmed up hugely over here. But we have had a, we had about ten days of actually nice warm weather last week, and it's now now gone horribly cold again. But um, that's the UK for you. Anyway, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, I mean, I know we've spoken a lot over over a period of time, and I know, particularly in terms of what you do as a job, will be of great interest to people. Or, in fact, two jobs that you do will be great interest uh, to everyone. But before we get into what you're doing now, obviously, from your accent, people will know that you are not native to the UK. <laughs> That's correct. Yes, just tell us a little bit about where you are, uh, where you grew up, um, all that sort of stuff, how you sort of fell in love with the Jays, all those sort of childhood memories. Let's start start with that. Sure. So I am currently in Toronto. I am not downtown super close, but I'm close enough that I can get to lots of Jays games easily. I grew up on a farm about two hours outside of the city. And my dad used to bring us to Jay's games when I'm myself and my two sisters. He used to bring us to games when we were little and he'd take us up into the 500 level because there's no point in pegging for more expensive seats when your kids are too young to sit through a full game anyway, right? So we'd run around up there, have a great time, watch games and everything, and um, just kind of kept on with it through the years. Kind of fell off a bit over like the... (laughs) the less good years. (laughs) While I was in college, I got involved in some other things that took me away from baseball, as you do in college. (laughs) You have yourself a time. We won't ask about those. (laughs) (laughs) So so how how old were you then when you first went to your first Jays game? You remember? Honestly, I feel bad because I don't even remember. Like all these people talk about having these grand memories of going to their first baseball game and like, I have like vague rec- recollections of going to games when I was little, but I don't have a really solid memory of my first game no. at all. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose what I'm trying to ask is, I'm trying to pitch at what point during the Jays history was that? Can, can you give us sort of like a, a decade or sort of roughly when that would have been? What what sort of team would have been playing at that sort of point? Honestly, I'm not even sure because I have... My two sisters are five years older than me, and it's entirely okay. possible. I, I've never asked my parents if, if they remember the first game they took me to, but it's, a, it's entirely possible that like they took me as a little baby when I was too young to even realize what was going on. But my sisters, being five years older than me, may have enjoyed it then. I mean, I will say that like one of the first recollections that I do have 
of uh, like a good Blue Jays memory that I have is of the um, World Series, of course, who who doesn't remember the World Series, but like I can specifically remember Joe Carter hitting the home run and my family was at my aunt and uncle's house and my cousins that I actually ran out into the street up and down the street yelling, we won, we won. And I was about 10 or 11 years old at that time. Okay. Okay. Right now, now I'm sort of, you know, working out roughly where, where, where you sit. Um, So I was just thinking, would you have gone to exhibition stadium when it was still around? No, no, no memories there. Just the the beauty of the dome and, and it's warm roof. Yes, exactly. Okay, so so early memories, obviously, seeing the Jays and remembering the Jays and, and World Cup, World Cup, World Series. That's my, that's my football talk going then. World yeah. Series uh, championships. When did you then sort of switch from just going because mum and dad are taking you to actually, I really want to follow this team. Was that at an early age as well uh, in terms of your, no, your passion really. for the Jays? I I didn't really like latch onto it super hard until a lot later, probably in like, I don't know, ar- around the time Bautista was hitting his 50th home run of the season. Okay. In that era. Um, so yeah, early Jose Bautista years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Did you play at all yourself? No, I played one season. Roll of the eyes says it all. (laughs) Yeah, I played one season of recreational softball about three or four years ago. Okay. And I was no good at all. Basically, every single time, if I was able to get a hit at all, every single time I would hit it to the shortstop and it would be a race to see whether they would be able to throw me out or... I mean, it's recreational, so it's entirely possible that they didn't make the throw or the first baseman didn't make the catch, or I might just beat it because I'm a little fast, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can run off. Cause you're, you're a big runner. Yeah. I know you're a big runner, so uh, I'm sure speed around the bases wasn't a problem for you. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> so, so just tell me then, so when, when the serious sort of passion in terms of, okay, Bautista's just hit his fit. What, what does that look like for a, a Jays fan living in and around Toronto, how, how did, does that then suddenly switch into being a season ticket holder? Does it mean you go to maybe 10 games more than you did last season? How, how does that, you know, followership of the team increase as you start getting more passionate? Well, for me, it was kind of a slow burn. Like it started out because at that time I was living in Peterborough, Peterborough, Ontario, because <laughs> I know there's a Peterborough over there as well. <laughs> Peterborough. That's how it's pronounced here. Peter, yeah. Peterborough here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's about an hour and a half from Toronto. So it it didn't start out with seasons. Well, I've never had seasons tickets. They're too expensive for someone who works in radio. Okay. <laughs> but um it started out with going to the occasional game now and then. I was actually singing in a local group that sang the national anthem oh wow i didn't know that about you yeah yeah you have to give us a little solo oh no that's okay no one i was i was in a group (laughs) because i'm good in a group where i'm in with the other voices you don't need the solo act that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) um 
but so that was always super fun. And then we'd stay and watch the rest of the game and then go to the occasional, you know, the big ones like home opener and you go to Canada day and maybe just because it's a long weekend or something and let's go to Toronto and catch a game. And then about eight years ago, I got hired at Rogers radio in Toronto. Um, and that's when I moved to Toronto and I was like, well, now I'm right here. I may as well go. And when I first moved here, I didn't actually know anybody who lived right in the city at all either. So I was looking for opportunities to meet some people. And I found out about um, that they were looking for volunteers to help sell 50-50 tickets at Jays games. And you could sell the tickets and then stay and watch the rest of the game afterwards. And I thought, oh, that sounds like it'd be fun because it's a great way to get into the ball game, meet some people who also like baseball. Well, I signed up for that just as a volunteer, ended up being quite good at the sales. Okay. <laughs> ended up getting uh, hired there to do that as well, which then, of course, resulted in me being paid to go to the games instead. I mean, I've said to you, to you before outside of this recording, but I said to you, you've got like two dream jobs working <laughs> working in, in radio and we'll, we'll tap into a little bit about that story but also <laughs> working at Rogers Centre and being paid to go to the games I mean that is <laughs> that is the winning ticket right there yes it is yeah That's I was at the bat flip game and selling 50 fish I was paid to be at the bat flip game <laughs> That's extraordinary when you were selling your tickets were you focused on selling your tickets during that seventh inning or were you did you have one eye on what was happening out on the field at the bat flip game yeah. Yeah. So at that point in time, um, we had actually finished selling tickets by then. Sales had closed. Ah. But we were done and everything was over with. And you can you can stay. Of course, you can't sit anywhere because all of the seats are full, but you can go and find a place to stand along the concourse when you can watch. So I was actually standing behind home plate when oh it happened. Goodness. Oh my like, goodness. Like on the concourse behind sure. home plate. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, I didn't I was... actually see the ball go out. I because of where I was, there was a, like I couldn't. Yeah, you... looking up, I couldn't see that far into the outfield. Yeah, I just saw him hit it and then it went hard, but I couldn't really tell other than like the crowd's reaction. Yeah, it had actually gone out. So you would have been at that position, uh, just in line in terms of Jose hitting the ball out, him doing his bat flip and everything else that went on did you like everybody else who i've spoken to who was at that game miss the bat flip yes yeah you see yeah, it's funny absolutely. isn't it <laughs> yeah well i i guess that's what we'd all do is you know you're wanting to know where the ball's going and, and it was such a crazy crazy seventh inning that um that everybody is just the, the whole momentum is building up for this moment and and because it leading up to that point it being quite um I was just going to say aggressive in terms of what was happening in the crowd. There was all the can throwing and all that stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, what, what was that like from your perspective? I had friends who weren't at the game. So I was frantically texting them to try and figure out what was going on because yeah. in the stadium, obviously there's nothing on the PA saying like, this is, this is the rule that's being reviewed or this is why it was ruled the way that it was or anything like that. So everybody's just getting upset because nobody knows the rules. Nobody knows what's going on. 
So I'm texting all of my friends that are watching at home going like, what are they saying on the broadcast? Do they have any insight to it there? And trying to get some answers from that. But I think that that must have been what a lot of people in Rogers Center were doing because then like text messages started not even going through. We like crashed the cellular service in there because there were so many people or like people trying to get on Google to figure out like what the heck is happening. Yeah. And I think, uh, and I think that was the craziness of the moment, wasn't it? That you know, even on the broadcast, they weren't sure or didn't appear to be sure in terms of is the ball alive? Is the ball dead? You know, what actually happens up, you know, the, in terms of the Russell Martin throwback. And, and there just seemed to be lots of confusion. And I think for those who are at the ballpark, even more so, as you say, that there was no commentary in terms of what could this mean? And just yeah. the tension and tension was building as, as the game went on. I mean, and right. I do remember too, my feet being so sore because selling 50, 50 tickets, you're standing the whole time and we sell right from when the gates open and the gates open two hours before game time. So you're standing the entire time, two hours before game time up until you finish. And then because the stadium's full, there was nowhere for me to sit. So I'm still standing. So I was actually trying to find some cops and say, Hey, where's the seat where you've kicked somebody out for throwing something on the field? Can I go sit in their seat? <laughs> just so I can sit down. <laughs> yeah. But it wouldn't have been at the 100 level, that's for sure. They've been upstairs somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that my feet would have made it that walk up <laughs> to the 500 level. <laughs> so in terms of your, let's, as, as you've dipped into your 50-50 world, so yeah. how, how long have you been doing that now? This will be my eighth season coming eighth, up. Eighth season. And you are there pretty much every home game? Just about. Yeah. There's the occasional game where I won't work because I've got some other commitment going on, but as many yeah. as I can. Yeah. I mean, some phenomenal uh, achievement. How many tickets of an average game would you try and sell? Oh, geez. I'm, I don't even know. I um, couldn't even guess. Are we talking into the thousands? I mean, I don't, how, how many are there of you selling tickets? Um, I'm trying to... I'm trying to remember because last year was so different last year because we still had COVID restrictions. We weren't allowed as many of us in the stadium. But I think on a general night, there's probably about 30 of us or so. Okay. But it's all digital. So you can sell as many as the digital. Uh, okay. So you don't get sell. a physical tear off. Here's your ticket. Yeah. They get a physical ticket. Okay. But it, but we don't get a count at the end of the night saying like, this is how many sure. tickets you sold. Yeah. yeah. You can print out your sales report to show how, how much money you've sold. And, and that too is always dependent on like, I you'll sell way more on opening night than you will a random May game against the Oakland Ultimate. athletics. Yeah. Yeah. No, un understandably, <laughs> there's going to be some games that are going to, going to peak. What, what sort of, what sort of value would they take on a like an opening night? What what sort of value do you do you raise in terms of ticket sales? Any idea? Well, this year they're actually doing um combined jackpots. So it'll be for the entire homestand. So they're right. opening sales soon, I think, actually, online. Because you can buy them online only in Ontario. Unfortunately, you're not eligible. <laughs> you're a little far away. Yeah, just slightly out the radar range. A little bit. A little bit. Um, 
But so anybody in Ontario can buy them online at bluejays.com slash 50 50. Okay. And it'll be a combined jackpot from online sales and in stadium sales. And the in stadium sales will start on opening night and go until the end of the first homestand. Okay. That makes sense. I know there is like a, there's a little bit, it, it'll be the first. Sorry, I'm not explaining this very well. It's kind of, it's hard to like wrap my head around because the Blue Jays have like, they have three games at home and then they have a quick three game road trip to New York and then they're back again for like a little longer. So that three game trip to New York is not included. The online sales will be included, but like the draw is not until I should have looked up the exact dates. I'm sorry. I don't have the exact dates in front of me, but it's quite all right. It's whenever the, um, the end of the home series after they get back from their quick little trip to New York is. So it will be well over a million dollars. Yeah. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I I mean, do you get rollovers with this stuff? I mean, do, do, do you people buy tickets that don't actually claim their prize if they've won? Have you you ever had that situation? Is that common? I don't know that it's common, but it has happened. They do have laws in Ontario about what happens to that money. If if it does go unclaimed, they actually can't roll it over and say, okay, now it's part of this jackpot. Um, I don't want to speak to exactly what it is that happens with the money because I don't know. I don't know the specifics of the law. I just know that they can't actually roll it over. Yeah. yeah. And obviously 50% of that income goes to the Jays Care Foundation and all the work that they're doing. Do do you guys as ticket sellers, do you ever get to see the sort of outworking of that money in terms of what it's doing in the community? Um, We don't really get to see it firsthand. They actually do work all across Canada. It's not just in Toronto that it helps out. Um, I, I do pay attention to what Jay's Care Foundation posts on Twitter and see some of their social media posts about the great work that they're doing. But it's it's so many programs and they're helping kids with disabilities and they're helping girls who might not have access to sports otherwise and Indigenous children. They do a lot of work with them and just creating a really level playing field for all of the children across sport. And it's just it, it's too wide of a program to be able to keep up with everything that they sure. do. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. I mean, the clips that we get to see sort of online over here and, and stuff, uh, it's fantastic to see that, you know, in terms of, I suppose, soccer would be the, the closest equivalent that we have here in the UK in terms of grassroots, getting money back into that sort of entry level, you know, right across the board. That would be the sort of thing we'd see here with football, stroke soccer. Obviously, for you guys and, and baseball, it's it's great to to see the Jays investing in their community whether it be as you say in toronto or right across across the country it's fantastic work yeah so you get the privilege of going to every game how's the excitement meter in terms of the opening game which is on friday how how much are you looking forward to that oh i'm so excited it's going to be great i mean it's it's so wonderful that they're able to be back in toronto and that we're able to pack the place because there hasn't been a full crowd in there since 2019. So for them to be back in Toronto with no capacity limits, and I know that it's sold out already, it's just, it's going to be unreal in there. And when you think about it, there's so many 
players on the team that haven't had that experience yet. Because even like Vladdy and Bo came up mid season, mm. they didn't experience an opening day. No, at Rocket Center. No, that's that's very true. I hadn't thought. Of, I I remember when they came home last season in in the July, and they're talking about all the players who hadn't ever played in Toronto, but I hadn't yeah. thought, I hadn't sort of reflected in terms of yeah they actually haven't played in front of a full house in Toronto yet. Uh, I don't think any. Is anybody on? I'm just trying to think through now. I think Teoscar Hernandez would have. Uh, yeah, he would have done. Because Randall would have done, but he's now gone. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head who might have gone. Anyway, but what a what a what a night it's going to be. I mean, what what yeah. so what time would you have to be down there for an evening game? What what time does your duties start? Well, normally we start half an hour before gates open and gates open at 5.30 for an evening start. But I know because it is the first game of the season and first game back with capacity, they want us there a little earlier this year. And I do know that sometimes when they um, when they start getting really big lineups, they will occasionally open the gates a little early. So I'm not sure they might even open the gates a little early this time. Of course, it's uh, uh, yeah, it is a giveaway night, isn't it? In terms of all the gifts and bits and pieces that the Jays give away to fans, I think, I think from memory, this is it a George Springer cap or something. I can't remember now what the opening day. No, the Springer bobblehead. That's on the is, Sunday. I think on Saturday or Sunday. I think opening uh, night is a hat, maybe. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, well, I can't remember now. I think that might even be oh, better than. But guys, don't don't rely on us telling you what's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out when you get there. Just make sure you're in the first fifteen. Not thousand. insider information going <laughs> on here. <laughs> I did look it up. Not I done have, my research. Yeah, I have actually. I have a feeling the bobblehead is on the Sunday, and the hat is on the Saturday. I'm not sure it's on the opening night, um, but I. Yes, have a check on the Blue Jays website, everybody, and just double check if you're going to the game. Uh, See, yeah, you can so, tell uh, you did not give me a list of questions ahead of time. Absolutely. Didn't prepare. This is just a chat we're having back and forth here because I totally. don't. <laughs> exactly. That's what I much, much prefer. Chaos yeah. as usual. Yeah, so I, I think in terms of opening day, it's going to be a corker. Uh, so, super excited. Uh, obviously, for, for us over here, it's the middle of the night, so there's going to be some sleepy eyes on Saturday morning, but uh, we're going to get through the night and uh, be involved and just, yeah, looking forward to watching it and seeing, seeing what happens. It's going to be great, great evening. Yeah. So let's, let's just flip back your seven, eight years. You mentioned that you have uh, been employed by a certain radio station. <laughs> yes. So just give us the, the stepping stones to that employment. How, how did that all happen? Um, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> well, in terms of, yeah, so, so let's, let's go from college years. So you t- okay. tell us what you did at college and then that will give us a bit of context to what you're doing now. Okay. So I studied radio broadcasting in college, which when you do that, you study like all elements of radio. Um, you do like sales, engineering, writing, producing on air, kind of everything. So then when I graduated from college, I got hired at a small group of radio stations in Stratford, which is about 20 minutes from where my parents live. 
And I worked there for a few years doing pretty much everything that they would throw at me. Right. And then Which after gone, about, it's gone then. So what, what does that include? Um, so that includes being on air, writing commercials, scheduling music, doing newscasts, um, producing commercials. I was even the receptionist for a little bit when I had to fill in for a while. <laughs> Okay. Um, I, I did do engineering, which is like fixing things when, when the equipment breaks and they need someone to come in and fix some wow. of the equipment, Excellent. learn how to do some of that. I did pretty much everything except for sales while I was there and worked there for a bit before, um, moving to Peterborough where I got a production job producing commercials and imaging and ended up doing a lot of on-air work there as well. And I was there for nine years before I got the job in Toronto. Okay. So was it when you were at college, I mean, obviously you went to college because you wanted to study radio. So prior to college, was radio something that you'd always been interested in? Was it, you know, did you have sort of some you know, childhood memories in terms of listening to radio and thinking, I'd love to work. What was the sort of heartbeat behind you wanting to, to study that at college? Um, so how that happened was in high school, we had a radio club, okay. which broadcast, students could join and you just broadcast over the PA systems in the cafeteria at lunch hour. And my best friend happened to have a crush on one of the guys who was in radio club and she wanted to get to know him, but she was too shy to go by herself. So she made me come and join radio club with her. And she ended up with a boyfriend for a few months. And I thought, Hey, this is actually kind of fun. Let me look into it more. And I ended up with a career. I, I was wondering why you were smiling at me as I asked that question. Cause obviously there was a, there was a story that was coming. That yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, is your, is your friend, is she in radio at all? Did she carry on? No, or... <sighs> no she's not in radio whatsoever. Yeah. She works at a bank. She lives in the Boston area now. She's not even <laughs> oh, around. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> she's Anyhow. not much of a baseball fan, actually. Okay. Okay. I'm sure she's doing a great job in, in yeah. the bank in Boston. But, uh, yes. <laughs> so yeah, she's so you not fearing for the Red Sox. I can tell you that much. Oh well, that's good. Well, she's because I did go that. see the Blue Jays on a on a road trip, and so I met up with her, and we went to a Jays game. And she didn't have any baseball gear of either team to wear, but she did come wearing a blue shirt with a white shawl over top. So she <laughs> at least looked Blue Jays adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. So but that game can, ended up going 19 innings and she did not stay all 19 innings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I guess it was uh, not even the uh, shortened innings in those days. It would have been full length innings. Yeah. Late into the night. Was that an evening game or was that a, was that a day game? That was an evening game. Oh, so very late night end. Yes. My I remember God. they kept like putting up on the screen, the last subway train from this stop will be leaving at this time. And you'd see another wave of people leave. Yeah. She had to work the next morning. So I think she bailed around the 11th or 12th inning. Yeah. 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 It can be a very long game when it gets to that. I, and and yeah. that's one of the things that is uniquely different between 
you know UK sport and and particularly with baseball is that the honorary draw even in cricket after five days a game of you know test match which can last five days can end in a draw in a draw so you know not the same in baseball so we got we've got her to thank for your radio career yes (laughs) so the mixture of loving the jays growing up the jays or being encouraged in terms of your family supporting the jays and you going into radio did you did you particularly want to be involved in sports radio or or were you sort of you know you talked about you obviously did some work in terms of music and stuff had you got a particular genre that you wanted to go towards in in your radio career um not necessarily I always liked top 40 and that's kind of what I had worked at up until moving to Toronto it was kind of wherever I can find something that I really enjoy doing is what I like and when I applied for the job in Toronto, it was to actually work for doing the production for 590. And I thought that actually sounds like it would be really fun. By the time I ended up getting called for an interview, they had actually filled that position internally, but then they needed to hire someone to backfill the other position. And they asked if I wanted to interview for that, which was more just to do commercials for all of the, all four Rogers radio stations. Okay. That are in Toronto. Um, so just so tell, me said, what, tell me what the four are, because I'm not even sure I know what the four oh, are. Oh, Sportsnet 590, the fan, obviously. Yep. And then there's yep. City News 680, which is yep. the news station. There's Kiss 92.5. Oh, is that is, one of those? Right. Okay. I knew, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. And then 98.1 CHFI. I didn't know that one. What, what do they, what's, do they specialize in? It's like 80s, 90s, some current. Okay. Music stuff. station. It's like a, yeah. Very yeah. good. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was doing work for all four and I thought, you know, that's a good foot in the door. And I'd kind of gone as far as I could go with my career in Peterborough anyway. So I knew I wanted to go somewhere else that would afford me more opportunities. So I thought, well, this is a foot in the door and who knows what might happen down the road. And sure enough, after some other staffing changes, about three or four years later, the opportunity came up for me to get into focusing more on the sports side of things. And then I jumped at it, of course. Yeah. And so it was right? just kind of a progression of like wherever I can find an opportunity to get into something else. Yeah. Am I, am I right in thinking that 590 wasn't a sports station per se to start off with? Is that, is that part of its history? And then it sort of evolved into just a sports station. Is that right? Or have I missed? heard that mm, no. honestly i'm not even sure yeah okay the way that you're frowning at me probably suggests that i've completely got my stats wrong again but uh, anyhow you're, you're at 590 now yes been there seven years so tell us what your day-to-day life at 590 looks like what, what does that involve So I am what is referred to in the business as the imaging producer. And don't worry, because a lot of people who are even in radio don't know what imaging is. And I always tell people, I produce all of the stuff you hear on the radio that you don't realize you hear on the radio. Okay. (laughs) It's sort of, it's, it's anytime the radio station promotes itself, kind of. 
So the stuff that I would do for the Blue Jays games is if you're listening to the Blue Jays game, then after you hear all the commercials, there's something that says like you're listening to Toronto Blue Jays baseball on yeah. Sportsnet 590 The Fan before you go back into the broadcast. Okay. That's you. Those sorts of things. Yeah. That is you. So if you've got anything to hand that we could have a little listen to that would give us an indication of some of your handiwork. Yeah, sure. I've got something here. Let's see. And hopefully this will all come through. Coverage so real, you'll think you can catch a foul ball. He made the catch! Toronto Blue Jays baseball continues on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Hey! Hey! hey. <laughs> okay, so this is probably sort of lots of naive questions, but I'm going to ask them anyway. So lots of content. Even I don't know how long that clip was. Less Probably less than 10, 10 seconds. seconds. 10 seconds. There you go. So there's somebody doing a voiceover. There's clips, there's music, there's all that stuff going on. Yeah. Where do you go to source all of that stuff to, to pull it all together? What, what, what does that actually involve for you to, to find all that here? So we've got an incredibly talented writer by the name of Chris Ferguson, and he writes most of the script. So he would have been the one that wrote the actual Coverage so real, you think you can catch a foul ball part. Then I take all of the scripts that he writes and I send it off to another incredibly talented individual by the name of Jim Cutler. And he's the guy who reads it. So he will read it and send his voice part back to me. Then I have a um, music library that we subscribe to online where I go and look for music. And I just search through the entire library and I kind of think in my head, like, what would kind of go with this? And um, that clip in the middle of, of Ben Wagner saying, he made the catch. I thought that would be great because it says, you know, obviously that's Ben Wagner calling yep. a, an actual player making the catch. We're talking about a fan making a catch, but the two go together very well. So we're, so the, I, I, I'm really geeky with this sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm yeah. interested in just no. So with the Ben Wagner bit, which yeah. to, to me is obviously from a game at some point, how does that get catalogued so you know to find that clip that would work in that particular situation? How do, how do you know that stuff? Do you, do you have to listen to a whole game to find, oh, that would be nice? <laughs> no, thankfully I don't. We've got a um, a network folder and there are people who work during the game who will go through and they cut all of the clips. So anytime someone hits a home run or hit, gets any sort of hit that makes that causes a run to score, or if somebody makes an incredible defensive play or something, they will take that audio and they'll cut it and they'll label it. And they'll say like, it's, it's from this inning. This was the score at the time. This is who made the play. This is what the play was. And they'll put it in the folder. And there's a folder for every game for the entire season. So I just go through. And sometimes, like, I can search by keywords if I know, like, in this case, I'm looking for something that says he made the catch. I can just go into the folder and I can just type in catch. And I know that it'll just filter out any clip that's labeled with the word catch 
So hopefully that's just going to give me, like, I'll probably have to go through quite a few before I found the, find the exact one that I'm looking for. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, the guys cataloging, are they do, doing that live as it were? Are they listening into the broadcast as Ben's doing his commentary? And then, yeah. okay, that, right. So it's there and then, my goodness. Yeah. You've got to be attentive all the time, haven't you, to <laughs> to be picking out stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of behind the scenes work for sure. Yeah. And I guess they're doing the same with the, the TV broadcast as well, doing a similar, similar thing in terms of Dan Shulman and Buck and all the other guys, you know, doing that. I'm their- sure they probably do, but, but TV is very separate from what we do. Um, of course. Yeah. So I don't ha- really have any insight into yeah. how they do things over there, but I'm sure yeah. that they must. So in terms of uh, sort of thinking forward to 2022 and, and, sort of preparation for the new season have you had to sort of in the off season be working on things that you know you're trying to to focus you know the listeners minds in terms of where the jays are going is this stuff that you're working on at the moment that um you know you're excited about how, how does that work yeah so we always come up with a whole bunch of new stuff to start off every season because there's always kind of a different storyline every year because you're always trying to get the fans hyped for something different because it might be like in 2018 where you're just trying to get them hyped. Trying to find anything, anything that will do. Something, anything. (laughs) Or it might be like in 2020 where you're trying to get them hyped just because there's baseball happening. Or it might be 2021 where you're trying to get them you know, hyped that we've got Vladdy and Bo for full seasons now and hope, but we're not going to be, you're trying to get them hyped despite the fact that they're not going to be here in Toronto. Um, So we always work on a whole bunch of new stuff that kind of reflects, and then you get like new players, new signings and that sort of thing and whatever. So um, I don't want to give too much away because I want there to be something new and exciting for here, but I do have something that I've put together Ooh. that will start on Friday. <gasps> Ooh, insider. To a little dance with Adam Simber on the mound. Strike three called. This is Blue Jays Baseball on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. A little bit of Adam Simber in there. Kind of plays a little on, you know, Adam Simber doing his little, a little shimmy back and forth dance yeah. before he gets onto the pitching mound there. Oh, that's very cool. So that's going out Friday. Yes. Ah, oh, excellent. Oh, well, we'll, yeah. um, we're trying, we'll, we'll release this one on Friday. So, uh, it goes out on the same day. That's so everybody's at the same point. Yeah. And, uh, we don't upset anybody, but uh, how exciting. So how, how far in advance do you have to be thinking about the next set of clips? I mean, how many are you working on at one point in time? Is it presumably several? Yeah. So right now for the start of the season, I think that I've got about 40. <gasps> oh 40, my goodness. I, I, wow. That's a 40 lot. clips like that. And then I also have, um, we had a crew go down to spring training and do a bunch of media stuff with the players. That'll be like part of the TV commercials that you see and everything, or like promo shoots, the pictures that they put out on Twitter of the guys in different positions and stuff like that. And part of that is we also get the players to voice IDs themselves that just say, hi, this is Bo Bichette, and you're listening to Toronto Blue Jays baseball on the Sportsnet radio network. 
Um, so I have probably about 15 to 20 of those that I'll have to put together. That's as well. a lot, isn't it? So yeah. of those 40, I mean, how many of these are being played on, on the radio every day? Do they use the like, do they less for use that symbol one? Would that symbol one be played 10 times during a day? Would it be played a couple of times? Would it be played? How often do they? No, they just go in the um, just during the Blue Jays game broadcast. Oh, right. Okay. So there's so many of them because I just put them in to mix them up, to rotate through. Sure. So that like, when when you come back, because if you think about it, like if a game is nine innings and then the radio breaks every half an inning and we play one of those every break. So that's 18 per game. But because they'll go all season long, I want to make sure that there's enough in there so that people aren't hearing the exact same ones every game. So you might not hear that Adam Simber one. You might listen to the game one day and hear it and then not hear it again for three or four days yeah and i'm and i imagine obviously as the season goes by and there are moments that are worthy of recording in terms of your clips they'll get inserted into the processor as the season goes on yes yeah yeah i'm always kind of paying attention to like what Mm. a big moment might have been that is there some way that i can use that clip in there as well or did we did the Blue Jays make a trade and now I have to take some splitters out because if I don't want to jinx anything here, but I don't think I have that power, but if Adam, <laughs> Simber, even if Adam Simber got injured and was going to be out for a long time, or if they traded him away for someone else or something, well, then I have to go in and pull that one out of the system because now we don't want to be mentioning Adam Simber if he's not on the team. Same goes for any player. So it's always kind of this constant rotation of keeping up with what's going on. Or if they make a big trade, and I know like a lot of people are hoping this will happen. If the Blue Jays get Jose Ramirez all of a sudden, <laughs> we're like, now we should probably have some sitters that mention Jose Ramirez because he's a pretty big deal. So let's get some new material for that. And, and would you then have to dip into archives from other broadcasters to do that? If you haven't got anything that would naturally fit from what you have in your catalog you mean so i'm like, thinking in terms yeah so i'm thinking oh i suppose yeah i suppose the script would be around would be written anyway wouldn't it so I, i'm just thinking of you know so like where you've used your ben wagner example it wouldn't naturally yeah, so be something we would from, either write something that doesn't use a clip at all yeah, yeah or i would just find a generic clip like that first one that i played for you where the ben wagner clip says he made the catch you can you can use that in anything. Like there's certain ways to fake it. In fact, a little behind the scenes look is the first George Springer idea I had. George Springer hadn't even played a game for the Blue Jays yet. And I needed a clip of George Springer hitting a home run. So I just used a clip of Ben Wagner saying, and it's out of here. And he doesn't say a name at all. And I think the clip itself was actually from a Jose Bautista home run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it didn't say a name and you say it in the context of with of whatever's being said ahead of time. And yeah, the magic of radio, hurt. you see. Yeah, you can, you can get away with it. At, yeah. uh, There's that's... always ways around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, in terms of your two roles, then, so obviously your, your job at 590 and your 
work with the 50 50. I'm guessing that being at the, the ballpark for every game is helping you inform what might be something you could be working on in your radio work. Because you're, you're seeing it, if you like, firsthand, you're, you're sensing the moment, you're, all that sort of While you're not actually hearing the commentary or, or the clips that Ben may be saying, does that yeah. help you think, think towards the next day? Okay, that was a big moment in the fifth inning when, you know, George Springer did, you know, get a grand slam or whatever. Are you, are you sort of still thinking ahead like that? Yeah, I'm always kind of thinking about it anyway. Like even when the Blue Jays are on the road and I'm watching the game at home on my couch, I'm still kind of thinking about it. And a lot of times I'll even watch the game, but have um, my MLB at that app on beside me so I can be streaming Ben's calls so I can listen to it because sometimes there will be something that might happen that I don't really think much of, but just whatever the way Ben described it or something might be really cool. And I go, Oh, I would love to use that. Just kind of hear what he's saying, or it might even give me an idea for something, even if what he said wouldn't necessarily work itself in the context of anything, it might just trigger something in my brain that I go, Oh, what if I did this instead? I'm just kind of always constantly thinking of like, no matter where I'm watching the game, I'm always like, how can I work this into something? That creative mind of yours is going overdrive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, brilliant, brilliant work. I mean, how much fun is all doing all of that? I mean, do, do you ever get, oh, it's so fun. yeah, you, you ever get to the point of, oh, I've, I've had enough of listening clips and music and I just need some quiet in my life. Is Do you ever get to that point? Yes. Yeah, there are times and there are times where I'm just kind of I'm not feeling motivated to do it. I'm like, oh, I'm just I'm not in the mood to do this today. Like the weather's crummy out. It's I just want to lie on the couch and not do much of anything. And in fact, actually, on Friday, I was just having a very low motivation day for whatever reason. But then um, it's I know you said you were going to release this on Friday for opening day, but right now it's Sunday as you and I are speaking. So yesterday being Saturday, I actually worked for about two hours on stuff yesterday, just because I'm still working from home. And, and I kind of had that motivation to, I was like, you know what? I feel like I have some ideas for this. You know, I'm still at my kitchen table, same place I'm sitting chatting with you right now. So it's no big deal. I feel good. Let's go and get some stuff done. And I got two hours worth of stuff done, which is kind of the nice thing about working from home is when you do feel that motivation, it doesn't matter if it's a day that I'm not supposed to work. Well, I can still work anyway, if I feel like. Yeah. The creative juices are flowing and you want to capture that moment. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So let's, um, let's just talk about 2022, just moving forward in terms of the team. So lots of exciting things happening in 22. And um, of course, most of them are around the Blue Jays, but there is uh, something else exciting happening in 2022 is that uh, you are joining forces with us uh, over our live game reviews. I don't know quite what we're going to call it yet, but that's where it sits at the moment, (laughs) uh, which I'm really excited about having you on board. And I'm so pleased you said yes. Uh, How excited are you looking to talking to the UK audience? Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I was actually trying to think the other day if there was a way that I could do 
one of them from Rogers Center before my 50 shift started. Yes. <laughs> don't get too excited because I don't know if I would be able to slash aloud or if people would yeah. get mad at me or what, but um, I, I think it would be really fun if I could. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've got, we've got a whole season to, to look into that. So, you yeah. know, we won't have to do it straight away, but that'd be cool. Yeah, no, that would be fun. And I, th- I think, um, I think what you'll bring to us will be a different dynamic to obviously guys that we've got here in the UK that uh, are going to be involved. And, uh, you know, as much as we are passionate about the Jays, uh, but you, you've got the experience, obviously, going regularly, you're in Toronto. And I think what you can bring to the table, it will be that sort of on the spot flavor of what's actually happening, you know, beyond what we see in terms of a TV or radio broadcast. Uh, I yeah. think, you know, just getting this sort of sense of, you know, what's the city feeling like? What's the mood around the place? All that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm really, really excited that you're involved, Elizabeth. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And because, as I've said to you before, because you're in Toronto, you are now our expert. <laughs> so, so, you know, you've got to bring all that as well to the table. So there's no pressure at all. No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> so let, let's just dip into, in terms of this pod, let's just dip into 2022. Uh, how excited are you for this current team in terms of where it's going, what you think is going to happen? Uh, how confident are you about uh, World Series, postseason? Where do you think it's all going to land? I'm really excited. I think this team looks really good. There, I try not to get like too amped up so that. Like I like to try and temper my expectations. So I have heard like a few things and I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Because um, I know that somebody was mentioning the other day that a bunch of the balls that Vladdy hit at Salem Field and in Dunedin would not be home runs at Rogers Center. So now we've got a (laughs) full season. Yeah. At Rogers Center, so his home run numbers may actually go down a little bit. He can still have an incredible season mm. and not have 48 home runs. Yeah. That's still good, but it is something to kind of like keep your eye on. I don't know. But, but I think I think, you know, so so Dunedin for me is a very windy ballpark, isn't it? So, you know, there could yes. have been a whole, whole load that didn't go out that would have gone out in Rogers because of the nature of the building. So you're always gonna yeah. get that, aren't you? And who knows, because he looks like he might even be in better shape this year than he was last year, too. So maybe he'll have an even better season. Yeah. I will admit, as someone who rolled her eyes so hard when we signed Matt Chapman, that I have been enjoying watching him defensively. Rolled your eyes because? (laughs) Because I had him for a while on my fantasy team last season, and Uh... I really him when I got sick and tired of his inability to hit a baseball (laughs) but fantasy teams don't take defensive stats into account and hopefully he can strike out less this season with the Blue Jays and get back on track a little bit offensively but even if he doesn't I think we've still got enough offense going on outside of that as well that it'll just be nice to kind of be able to breathe at third base a little bit and not have such an adventure going on over there <laughs> yeah i think that's totally although he, he did homer the other day i saw in spring training that he did get get one out yeah he's got so. two homers during spring training oh two so. there you go see that's why you're yeah. an expert and i'm not see, <laughs> this is straight away you're updating no in his first game 
in his first spring training game with the Blue Jays, he hit yeah, he did. I do remember that now you, now you say that. And yeah. I think, yeah, I think defensively, obviously, that's what he's here for. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and how, how much do you think he's going to improve Bo being in that position? Yeah, I think he'll be great for Bo because then Bo won't have to go so far out of his way to get some other balls too. And then Bo will be able to kind of relax a little bit at shortstop. I think with third base being such a question mark and having people who weren't necessarily comfortable over there, then Bo kind of felt like he had to compensate a little bit at shortstop. Be like now maybe the balls that are hit over in the gap a bit more, Bo doesn't have to worry about so much. So he's able to focus more on actually just playing shortstop instead of almost being like shortstop plus assistant to the third baseman. Sure. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I, I think it is, was it the game uh, yesterday? No, yesterday was rained out, wasn't it? Uh, it might've been the day before. And I think there was maybe four or five different plays to third base uh, that Chapman, you know, to his left, to his right, in front of him, behind him. And he's just nailed every one of them. I mean, it's just, it's just super exciting. One of his throws was slightly off, to be fair, but bloody did tag out the runner. So um, we'll let him off that. But uh, yeah, it just, just brings solidity to that that whole corner of the of the um, ballpark. I think super. And in terms of starting rotation, are you excited about the five that appear to be, you know, our starting five? They they're looking good. Kikichu of obviously new signing. How are you feeling about the rotation? pretty good about it um kikuchi hasn't looked great this spring so i'm hoping that um maybe it's just it's hard to put too much stock into spring training because i think a lot of guys do just kind of try different things because they know the games don't count for anything i know they were saying on the broadcast the other day that jose barrios hasn't even been using one of his main pitches because he doesn't want the opponents to see it and he knows he got that pitch nailed down. He knows he knows how to throw it properly. So he's kind of like hiding it from the opponents and he's working on some other pitches that he's maybe not quite so comfortable with right now. So I know that spring training for a lot of them is a time to kind of tinker and see what sort of adjustments they can make. So I'm kind of hoping that once the regular season starts, maybe Kikuchi will find his groove, settle down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and Boris, in terms of opening day starter, think that's the right choice? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a no-brainer. Um, yeah. yeah I think you know, big yeah. big new contract for the guy. He's mm. the, as as much as people said Ryu was the ace of the rotation when we signed him, I, I think that Ryu hasn't been his regular Ryu self since he's been in Toronto. No, quite I frankly. agree. Um, and that Barrios is just better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think Rio probably in the pandemic year, I think was, you know, was definitely their number one, but as time's gone by, he's not sort of found that Cy Young form that he had previously. And I, I'm hoping that just a whole year at Toronto will make a big difference for these guys. I think we've probably underestimated how the impact of playing at Dunedin Buffalo have had on them, you know, living out of suitcases as, we've mentioned loads of times on this board and and just not not having a major league ballpark to play in and yeah. you know home, home games that didn't feel like home games because because of the context of where they were playing and all that sort of stuff and i think being back at, at just Rogers, to be able to play at home against the yankees and actually having the crowd backing yeah. you 
instead of yes. the crowd backing the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. It's going, going to be bigger. massive. What did you think about JD going to the Yankees? Josh Donaldson. Oh, Josh Donaldson. Sorry. <laughs> JD. I was like, JD Martinez is on the No, 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 sorry. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. yeah. Wrong JD. Uh, yeah. JD. I mean, I'm not really surprised. I think his attitude kind of fits right in yeah. there. I, I knew a lot of people were like angry that I, I thought, you know what? Josh Donaldson is so many years removed from the Blue Jays now. And he didn't play on the Blue Jays with any of the guys who are there right now, except for maybe Tay Oscar. They might have overlapped by one year or something. I think there's people that are still just kind of bitter over the, over how the whole situation with Donaldson ended. But I thought, you know what? It's fine. I didn't want him back here anyway. I feel like from everything we hear about Josh Donaldson is that he is very much his own individual character. And there's a certain attitude that goes along with that. And I thought, I think he just doesn't sound like the kind of personality that would fit in with the, with the clubhouse mentality that's there right now. I think he would bring a certain energy that they don't need in there. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that's probably a fair reflection. And of course, Marcus Simeon, he'll be coming back uh, with Texas. Yes. uh, What sort of reception is he going to get? Oh, he'll get a huge standing ovation. I'm, I'm actually, I'm super pumped that he is actually going to be, there on opening day even if it is for the opposing team it'll still be awesome that he will get to feel the effect of a sold out roger center because you know that if he had been there if they had been allowed to sell out roger center for the final game of last season that he would have got a massive standing ovation because people didn't know if he was going to be back or not so now the fact that he will get to come back and experience a full Rogers center crowd and hear their appreciation for him. I'm just glad that he'll get to yeah. experience that. Yeah. And I think in reflection with him going and I know nobody really wanted him to disappear, it opened the door for so many of the trades that have happened. And I think actually yeah. will make us a, a more balanced club for this season. You know, it's, yeah. it's and I think you just have to, step back and accept that i think third base was the greater need anyway like i really hope that biggio can have a bounce back season now that he can just focus on second base and doesn't have to worry about moving around to every single position on the field um because i know last year was really hard for him with having to move around a lot and then all these injuries and everything too that just seemed to never go away so hopefully we can get a good full healthy season out of biggio but i just think that third base was the greater need for us than keeping Simeon at second. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting days, isn't it? It's going to be great. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. Really excited. Right. Normal 10 questions. We're going to sort of close off with. Okay. Uh, These are little quick fire ones, nothing too complicated, but uh, let's see where you (laughs) land with these. So who, who was your favorite player from 21 blue Jays player? That is. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Okay. Okay, go go on. Just give me a little bit of background. <laughs> he's just, he's always an adventure. I love the hair, and I, I was going to say, is it is it the hair? It's partially the hair. It's partially just the weird things he does on his own in the dugout. Just oh, do you have a bobblehead? Do you have the <laughs> very nice? There we, there we go. Excellent. 
But I was sitting there like looking through water bottles as binoculars in yeah. the dugout or anything. He's just, he's always having a good time and he's always doing something wild and crazy. And he's just yeah. an adventure. Yeah. Brilliant. Your favorite Jays player of all time? John Olerud. Okay. Go on. I, I just, he is one of the, one of the first members of the Blue Jays I ever remember paying any attention to. Yeah. Seeing him and thinking he's the only one wearing a hard helmet while he's playing first base. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I like that because he's doing his own thing. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Very good. Uh, your favorite non-Jays player? Anybody mm. that you have looked at and thought, yeah, I just respect that guy for what he's done or Shohei Otani. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, hard to argue against that one. Yeah. Yeah. He is a, a phenomenal player. Yes. Your favorite, your favorite ballpark away from Skydome Stroke Rogers. Ooh. Well, I haven't been to too many others, but I would have to say Dodger stadium. Okay. Yeah. You, you, had, you had a trip there. Yes. Yep. Mm. I did go and see, <laughs> I went and saw the blue Jays get swept there. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so it's your fault. Yeah. Okay. Including a game where they lost so badly that Richard Urania pitched an inning. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> did, you go, did, did you go to um, the Cubs as well, by any chance? No, no, I didn't uh, make that. Uh, we, we can't blame you on that sweep either. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dodger Stadium. Very good. Okay. So yeah. imagine you're not working for your Jays 50-50. What's your what's your go to baseball food if you were watching a game? Poutine with pico de gallo on top. Oh my word, that sounds uh, very exotic. Well, so I, it's, it's something I, I kind of like came up with myself. Okay, at Rogers Center, because after we finish selling fifty fifty tickets, I'm usually hungry. So I would get go and get. Poutine, which is a Canadian staple for anyone watching, listening, who doesn't know it's fries with gravy and cheese curds on top. But at Rogers Center, the um, the booth where I would get it from, they kind of like put it together right there in front of you. And they sell a bunch of different things there as well, not just poutine. And they had I'm, I don't even remember what the pico de gallo goes on top of what the dish was for that. But I was like, Hey, that's a combination of like tomato and onion and parsley and like all sorts of pico de gallo is delicious. I love pico de gallo. Hey, let's put that on top of the poutine. And then I've got some vegetables in there. So I tried it one day and I was like, gosh, darn it. This is actually delicious. That's your justification. Is it? Yeah. Just, just put a few and vegetables on it. It's all right. It, make poutine it, healthy. Cause you just throw some yeah, veggies on. It, it neutralizes fine. all the bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, what drink would you go with your, your your baseball grub? What's your go-to? Coke. Okay. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. I don't Full? drink pop very often, but... Yeah. Full diet, zero, any any particular nuance in the Coke department? Well, zero because it's healthier. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to make up for the poutine that you've just eaten. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. Okay. Day or night game? Mm, day game okay because I just, what what's what's your preference why, why would you go day game because you're thinking game. of all all the brits who are having to watch the game yes. at a sensible time that's what you're thinking 
Yes, totally. So that you don't, I mean, even for myself, like I can't imagine how you guys would do it for night games because even when they're on the road and it's a seven o'clock start, half the time I'm falling asleep during the late innings. But if I'm working at the games too, then sometimes I don't get home. If it's a slower game, I won't get home until after 11 o'clock at night or something. I just, I just like having more. And there's something about like being at the ballpark with the dome open and the sun shining in and everything. It's just. Very good. Day game for you. Okay. Your favorite Jay's jersey color. Does red count? The Canada Day one? Not many people would go with that, would they? Uh, To be honest. But it's your your call. But they wear it it every Canada Day. Well, they do. They do. And they never do very well in it. Usually not. That's the problem, isn't it? And I think particularly the season about four or five years ago where they decided to wear it on, was it like every last Sunday or something as well? It came out more than just Canada Day. There was one season where it was coming out every month, and I think literally they lost every game virtually in the <laughs> in the red jersey. But okay, that's okay. You're I, I actually have one upstairs. I've got a Russell Martin one upstairs, but um, yeah, my yeah. my own is the dark blue. Okay, yeah. So I I guess if not the red, then go dark blue. Dark blue. Okay, and any particular number that you would go for on your jersey? Any specialities there? No, well, mine has number 12 on it because I was born on the 12th of okay. September. I didn't want to go with the year because I thought, well, the year that I was born, because I thought as I get older, like when people start asking me why the number is on my jersey, I'm going yeah. to be less likely to admit that that's, <laughs> oh, that's the year I was born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give certain things away as you get later on in life. Well, so I that's just right. go with the day of the month instead. <laughs> Yeah, and that absolutely, yeah, it's, uh, I, I totally understand that. Okay, roof open or roof closed? Open, absolutely okay. open. What well, the atmosphere obviously when the roof is closed generates, I think, more sound just because of the, the nature of the acoustics. But um, I think yeah. for me, every time I've gone, I, I mean, I haven't seen obviously anything like the games you have, but I have been to games with both roof open and roof closed. And I think there's nothing better than sitting, particularly on the Blue Jays dugout side. You've got the sun shining, you've got the CN Tower. It's a glorious place. And baseball, I think, you know, is ultimately meant to be played as an outdoor game. Yes. And, yeah. And sometimes in the summer, you get the really hot days where the roof is closed, but then all the heat just sits in there. And mm. it's just so uncomfortable. And especially if it is like a really, really busy game and it's packed, like it's all the body heat. Yeah. Yeah, it's just grim. Yeah, not a good time. <laughs> That's when you People wish you drinking too much. You need to air that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drinking too much, sweating too much, and then it's just all in there. Yeah, but if it all leads to a Blue Jays postseason stroke World Series, we'll put up with it. Yeah, I say, I say, we'll put up with. I mean, what I mean is, you'll put up with it. Yes. Well, sacri- I mean, even from we need to convince them to have the roof open in October. There are still plenty yeah. of beautiful days. Even mm. the runs that they did into the postseason in 2015, 2016, they had the roof shut on some absolutely gorgeous days. Yeah. yeah. It was ridiculous. So well, I think that's that uh, I was told by 
who told me was it Ben? I think it might be Ben Wagner. Can't remember, or might be Barry Davis. One of those two. That I think it's an MLB decision that they want to keep the consistency across all of the games in the postseason, and obviously with the variable weather that Canada gets at that time of year, it would be would, would deem to be an unfair advantage if one day it's open, the next day it's closed because it changes the the way the the park plays. So to eradicate that, the roof is closed. Which I think the time. it's ridiculous because it's changing the park for both teams. I totally. I, yes. And and then the other team that plays outside, well, surely anyway, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to start roofs for the if. I mean, this is not going to happen this season. But if the Orioles made it into the postseason, are they going to build a roof over Camden? No, no, indeed, no, <laughs> no exactly. I mean, maybe by the time the Orioles are actually good enough to be in the postseason, they might have a stadium that has a roof over it anyway. That was a very harsh point to make as we end <laughs> our podcast. <laughs> but it's probably very true. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for spending some time today. Uh, re- as I say, really thrilled that you're on board with us in terms of the game reviews. And so lots of people can come and see you a bit more when we do those on Monday evenings. So 10 o'clock our time here in the UK, 5 p.m. in Canada. And if you're somewhere else, you'll just have to work out what the time zone is for you. Uh, But that's the times that we're going to be going live on YouTube. In terms of your own social media, just give us a little bit of detail where people can find you if they want to follow you. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at eHeartTweets. eHeartTweets. There she goes. Very good. Excellent. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Enjoy. Enjoy. Oh, absolute pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your week and the build up to opening day. And I uh, I, we're going to actually we're going to actually see you live before this goes out. So that's a bit of a weird way around. But never mind. It's just how it goes. Um, yeah. But we, I will see I will see you on Monday. Everybody else will see you on Monday and then we'll see you again on Friday and then every <laughs> Monday from there on in. But uh, thanks ever so much for spending some time and we'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you very much. The Red, White, and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. And follow along on Twitter and Instagram at bluejaysfansuk. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening.